Hello and welcome to the SBK Betting Podcast. After a great couple of shows, we are back again to preview all the weekend's football action. Over the next half hour, we're going to give you everything that you need to place your bets this weekend. My name is Alex Brinton and with me today in the studio is Freddie Walker and joining virtually is Izzy Barker from News UK. Izzy, just tell us a bit about where you were last night. Yeah, I was at Brighton Brentford. So yeah, feeling a little bit sleepy today because I didn't get out of that one till about 11. Um, it was a great game though. Um, two really exciting sides, attacking football. And then Brighton's youngster, Jack Hinchelwood, 18, comes from the area, scores the winner. So it was a, it was a really good game. Great stuff. And Freddie, you've managed to make it back from Munich from last week's episode. Tell us a little bit about that, mate. Yeah, well, it took me quite a while. The, the Bundesliga game for Munich on Saturday got cancelled. 50-hour <laughs> delay to get back to the UK, but I did eventually make it back for the podcast. That's what we like to hear. The most important things. Um, so looking back at last week's predictions, um, I'm going to lead off. I did all right. I got seven right, including both my hackers. And I was actually only a Haaland miss away from uh, my bet builder coming in as well. So I got seven collect, um, correct selections. Izzy, you got six. Very good. And you got, most importantly, you got Mope to score. That was a big one for you. Um, and Freddie, mate, what, what happened after a great first week? What happened, mate? From hero to zero, really, <laughs> was it? <laughs> Not ideal. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back this week, hopefully. We'll be back. So um, the trophy, as, as we touched on last week, is a high-value item, and that is firmly rested on my side of the desk for now. <laughs> and the big game of the weekend, I think it's fair to say, is Aston Villa-Arsenal. Obviously, Villa-Arsenal. So these, um, this could be a bit tense in here. We're going to get security in a bit later on. Um, Freddie, I feel like it's only right we start with Arsenal, as you are actually top of the table. You were top of the table last year for quite a lot of the time as well. I don't yeah. need to remind you of that. Yeah. Um, what do you think are the key differences between this season's Arsenal side and last year? Well, there's there's a few, I think. Ben White actually got asked this in a post-match interview after Luton with a, with a Danish reporter. And his response was, I guess you'll find out at the last game of the season. So <laughs> Benny Blanco coming in with confidence saying <laughs> that we are going to win the league this year. Uh, we, we will see whether that's true. But I think the biggest actual difference in the squad is the squad depth. Um, we've last season when Party was injured, you'd hear all the Arsenal fans complaining our form would drop massively. Mm. This year, he's been out for pretty much all the season. He played the first couple of games at right back, but then he's been out for most of the season. And you haven't really heard us complaining about no party, and that's why we're not doing yeah, well because yeah. we've had Declan Rice to fill in and score last minute winners against Luton. <laughs> um, and then we've also brought in players like Havertz who can play multiple positions. Kivior is now kind of being embedded into the squad more. And so he's giving more defensive depth instead of Rob Holding coming in when yeah. Steve gets injured and whatnot. So I think that's the main difference. And we just have a lot more injuries. But maybe one of the more worrying differences is that we don't really look as fluid, as flowing, and mm. um, as threatening attacking wise. But that's maybe because teams are somewhat figuring out. Our, our attack and doubling down on Martelli and Saka, mm. but we're still we're still still looking good, still looking good. Good. And um, you touched on Declan Rice there. Is he very simply? Is he the signing of the season? Yes, I would have to say so. It's looking like a hundred and five million pound bargain, to be honest. Um, I feel like he's brought a sense of authority and leadership to Arsenal's midfield, where maybe there was a slight lack of it at times last season. I think Arsenal can obviously still blow away teams, but with Rice there, I feel like they can grind out really important close games as well. Um, for me, the Man United game, the City game, Sevilla, Sevilla um, stand out for me. 
with Rice. Um, and obviously earning that point at Chelsea earlier on in the season, I feel like he played a massive role in that. Um, I think obviously West Ham and Arsenal, two different systems. And I think with the Gunners, we're kind of seeing this more restrained, controlled Declan Rice, um, who kind of dictates the tempo and picks his moments. Um, but he's just been great to watch this season. I, I'm off the top of my head, the goal line clearance with Brentford, just, yeah, he's been phenomenal. And the other big sign-in of the summer, at least in terms of money terms, was Kai Havertz. And there was a lot of sort of Arsenal fans didn't really take to him too much early on, a few sort of tricky times. But now he's scored, what, three in his last sort of four games or something, and he's looking really strong. How, if he's at his best, like, what does that bring to Arsenal? Yeah, so I was I was quite worried about Kai Havertz. Mm. <laughs> I can't lie from his performances. But that game against Luton, I think, is his best game in an Arsenal shirt mm. by far. He was probably the best player on the pitch, in, in my opinion, for Arsenal. And the, the main thing that I've seen with Kai that he's brought to the team that we didn't have last year is an aerial threat. Mm. So none of our attackers could really be a threat in the air last year. And we played a lot of crosses into the box. So it confused Arsenal fans quite a lot of <laughs> why are we doing this when mm. no one can really head it. And we've seen it in that Brentford game. He single-handedly won us three points by heading a ball into yeah. the goal. Against City, he knocks the ball down to Tommy Yasu who then plays it to Martinelli and that's the goal we get. Against Chelsea, he was he wins the header that leads to the Trossard goal for the 2-2. So, um, and then Luton, he gets us back into the game with just a good goal. So he's he's turning clutch in those big mm. moments and obviously he scored the Champions League final winner. So maybe he's just a clutch guy that turns up <laughs> in the big moments and that's going to help Arsenal for sure. And Izzy, Arsenal started to win games sort of in that ugly fashion without playing well. Um, Brentford away being definitely one of those. Um we're always told, and Gary Neville always goes on about this, that's a sign of a really good team. But to be doing that this early on in the season, is that a little bit concerning? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting point. Um, obviously, winning games through these kind of last gasp winners, like, for example, against Luton and, and Brentford, you have to wonder, is that sustainable over the course of a 38-game season? Um but last season, if you look at them, they kind of burst out the traps and they, they kept going and kept going and kind of fell short at the last hurdle, really. And that kind of felt a bit too much for them. But now they are grinding out wins, not not maybe playing at their best. But I guess on the flip side, they are at the top of the table. So it's got to be a positive for Mikel Arteta and the club. And Freddie Arsenal are currently at odds of 3.95 with SBK to win the title. So that's changed a little bit after last night's result for Man City. Do you think your team can do it? Of course, of course. <laughs> if, if anyone's ever seen that heavy D uh, statement, yeah. of course we're going to win the league. We're Arsenal. <laughs> um, I don't think uh, I'm that confident, but I honestly do think we can. We have one of the best squads in the world, uh, second most valuable according to transfer market, only City above us. So we can definitely compete with the best. It just depends whether we have the mentality to get over the line and, and the maturity to get over the line and whether we've really learned from last year's mistakes. We need a bit of luck with injuries, but yeah, we can definitely do it. And Izzy, I don't think we can really speak about Arsenal without touching on this goalkeeper scenario, which has sort of been a bit of a like dark cloud over the season, really. What have you made of Raya and the way that Arteta's handled the whole situation since that transfer? Well, not being an Arsenal fan, it's been very entertaining, I have to say. Obviously, it, it kind of starts off with his comments that kind of um, turn journalists' heads and everyone's heads basically saying, you know, goalkeepers are interchangeable. Um, he has definitely, Raya has definitely risen above Ramsdale in the pecking order, starting all but one of Arsenal's last 12 matches, I believe. 
Um, and it was an impressive start for him, but he's looked a bit nervy in recent weeks, you know, badly caught out twice in quick succession against Luton, kind of gifting them those goals. And the rumor, rumors kind of in the journalism world is that he's kind of struggling to cope with this pressure of having such an intense competition with Ramsdale in the limelight, which you don't tend to see with goalkeepers. Statistically, there's actually not much between them. Um, but obviously, in terms of Arteta, in terms of how he's handled it, um, I think he could have tread a bit more carefully because I think Ramsdale is a very strong keeper and it's looking like he's being linked heavily with a move away in January. So Arteta maybe needs to handle it just a bit more gentler to consider kind of keeping him around for longer. Freddie, Arteta has got a touchline ban for this game on Saturday after his celebrations against Luton. So he won't face directly off with his predecessor in Unai Emery. Now, I'm obviously a bit biased, but hindsight is a wonderful thing. Uh, but does And does a part of you wish that, you know, Emery had just been given a little bit more time? Uh, I think there's been a lot of times during Arteta's reign that Arsenal fans have wanted this. Yeah. But for me, Emery is an unbelievable manager with unbelievable European pedigree. He's achieved amazing things in the game and he's clearly a tactical master, El Maestro. But I think anyone after Wenger at Arsenal was going to mm. struggle to keep the fans on side. And to be honest, he just got dealt an awful hand at Arsenal. The team was horrendous. There was bad characters in the dressing room. They weren't playing for the shirt. And... My bad said, but I just don't think he had at that time the, the personality and like the appeal that Arsenal mm. fans needed. Of he was kind of taken the mick out of with the good evening. Yeah, he just lost a bit of almost credibility. Whereas Arteta came in and gave Arsenal fans what they wanted to hear. You know, we're going to change the culture. We're going to change. This is a process. We're going to. Mm. Everyone's going to fight for the show. I know what it means to play for this club, and that's what Arsenal needed at the time. So. Big respect to Unai Emery, no ill feeling towards mm. him, and he is an incredible manager. But I just think Arteta came in at the right time, and it's what we needed. Fair enough. Is he on to Villa then? The Emery turnaround has been pretty remarkable, I think it's fair to say. And as a Villa fan myself, it's taken quite a lot of adjusting to. Um, it is really weird looking at sort of stats, and you're seeing your team like right at the top of the table in certain things. It's very, very strange. But um, My heart bleeds for you. That must be terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard <laughs> life. Um are you surprised by how much they've improved since the days of Gerard, especially given that there haven't been too many signings? Yeah, 100%. I was literally sat in the press conference at Fulham um, when Steven Gerrard was, was sacked virtually straight away after losing to Fulham. He virtually had to get on the team coach, back with the team, having been sacked from the club. So, yes, I'm very surprised. Um, and looking back to this time over a, year, over a year ago, they were around 17th under Gerrard, you know, just a bit before that. And you know, to, to be in Champions League contention is, and, you know, it could be on, that's just incredible. Um, and also, you know, massive credit needs to be given to Emery because playing in Europe could have been really energy zapping, you know, a big distraction season, but they've just taken European football in their stride. Um, Emery coaxes the best out of players, which we saw, you know, look just a shadow of themselves under Gerrard. Um, and obviously Villa have invested heavily in their squad over the past few years. So that's obviously coming into fruition. Um, but it wasn't until Emery took over that I feel like the club finally started to see a return in their investment. So, um, yeah, I am. But obviously it's kind of well-deserved, if that makes sense. 
And Freddie, as an opposing fan, where do you sort of fear this Villa side? And where, where do you think the weaknesses that you can really exploit are? There's, there's very few weaknesses, to be honest. I fear you in most areas of the pitch. <laughs> I, think, I fear you dominate the midfield with Luis and Kamara. I think Kamara is one of those that's going really under the radar of how good he is yeah. um, and how well he's performing. Uh, Luis as well. Obviously, I, I wouldn't mind him at Arsenal at some point in the future. Yeah, dream on uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, uh, Watkins, eight goals so far this season. He also has scored four goals in six Prem games against Arsenal. So he likes a goal mm. against Arsenal. Um, Moussa Diaby and ba- uh, ba- uh, Bailey, whichever one of them is, is playing, have, have actually impressed me a lot this year, especially by Bailey. He's kind of hitting some better form yeah. than what he has previously. Uh, and you've made great signings in defence, Pau Torres, and I know Alex Moreno has been injured for most of the year, but that will be a good signing, mm. I think. So there's a lot of that, but I think if there was one weakness, I'd say, it's that you've kept three clean sheets all season in the Prem, one of them being last night against City yeah. and then Everton and Chelsea. So maybe you're shipping a few too many goals, but yeah, you're still, <laughs> still a great team. And is it a lot of Emery's success has come from at different clubs, not just Villa, like really strong home form and... We've won uh, 14 matches in a row. Uh, and the last time we actually dropped any points at home was when um, Arsenal beat us with a lucky goal um, and then uh, and a goal on the counter the toe. And the keeper came a up for a corner. great header from Emmy Martins. So we're not, yeah. <laughs> um, what, make, what do you think makes them so good at home? Well, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, but is that like a club record, the 14? I think we equaled a club record from like, yeah, from 1930 to 31, we equaled last night, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just amazing stats that are coming out of the club. But he himself always sort of puts strong home form down to the support at the club he's in. So this time he's putting it down to the support of the fans inside Villa Park, who obviously kind of transmit that amazing energy to the players on the pitch. And he's always calling them to be loud. And he cares a lot about the fans. You know, when there has been a bad performance, he really lambasts his players, you know, to, to make things right for the fans. But I would say it's... It, it, obviously, it's a great, great support base, but he, Emery is just so meticulous with his players. You know, he hangs around the training ground with his iPad, holding meetings and things like that. I think, you know, in the well into the afternoon, I think his how meticulous he is just is getting the best out of the players, and and that's why they're they're doing so well at home. And Freddie, the Villa offside trap has been talked about a lot. I'm not going to call it a high line because if you actually look at where the line, like I've, I've yeah. seen the loads of stats, that the line actually isn't the highest in the no, league, yeah, but yeah. we've caught a lot, by far the most offsides. Yeah. How, 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 how impressed are you that the defence is just that coordinated? It, it is actually incredible. The, the way that Unai Emery has um, positioned everyone, it, the focus, I think Juan Mesa spoke about mm. his focus on players' body positioning in training so they're yeah. focusing and there's pictures that you can see of all the villa back four in the exact same yeah, body position mental, in it? line yeah. and it's all because that gives you the the best chance to go backward jump whatever yeah. and that's so impressive i mean as of the fourth of december this is before the city game no team uh caught a team offside more than villa mm. so they've got 66 offsides the second best being spurs with 42 yeah and we know how high spurs play um so you saw it work amazingly against spurs uh, well against City as well. So is is it sustainable? Yeah, probably because teams are going to try and play around it. But you saw with Spurs, Son scoring offside mm. hat-trick. And <laughs> obviously, you don't want someone scoring an offside no. hat-trick every game. Yeah, yeah. But it shows that it's working and it's probably only going to get better under Unai Emery. So with all that taken into account, Izzy, what is your bet builder tip for this game? So I've gone for Villa to win. 
both teams to score and uh, Watkins to be the first goal scorer, and that's at 22. Um, Villa to win, just everything we've just mentioned, flying high this season, different gravy, um, you know, contending for the Champions League, just so well set up offensively and, and in, in defence. Um, but both teams to score because obviously Arsenal top of the table, um, you know, they've had big score lines in a few of the most recent games, obviously 6 0 in, in Europe and things like that, and getting three against Luton. Um, Watkins, though, he likes to score against Arsenal. That's why I put him as the first goal scorer, as, as Freddie mentioned. So, yeah, that, that was the reasoning behind my decisions. Fair enough. And Freddie, what have you got? I, I struggle with this bet because yeah. I don't want to predict a result. <laughs> it's, it's, it's honestly such a hard game to predict. So I've gone under 2.5 goals and Bukayo Saka to score any time. The reasonings for those, three of the last four games between Arsenal and Villa at Villa Park have been one nils. Um, the anomaly being that 4-2 <laughs> game last year. So if you actually look at the City game as well yesterday, I think it's going to be more similar to that than the 4-2 from last year. I think it's going to be a bit cagey. Um, Hopefully not you dominating us as much as you did City. <laughs> um, obviously, Luton scored three against Arsenal, but Arsenal, I don't expect that to happen again. I think that was uh, kind Few of... Rare a, mistakes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, rare mistakes from corners and whatnot. And we still do have the best defence in the league. Like, we yeah. still have conceded the least. Um, and then Bukayo Saka scored because he scored the last two times he's gone to Villa Park. So I'm just going to okay. open pray. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone... Um, I'm not quite as bullish as this, so I've got Aston Villa double chance. So I'm covered if, if it's a draw. Um, over 8.5 corners. Um, yeah, there's when I think in a game like this and last night, like there's a lot of corners in these games because teams are sort of each team spends a lot of time sort of hemming the other one in and yeah. all that sort of stuff and a lot of shots. And then Ollie Watkins to score. Um, and that pays 5.2. Now, Ollie, as we touched on, has got a great record against Arsenal. And I think he'd have been. A little bit disappointed not to get one last night, so hopefully he'll be um, right up for this. Yeah. Moving on then, Premier League selections. The four we've all got to pick four teams, um, four results from this week's games. Izzy, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll kick things off with my own team. I've gone with Fulham to, be, to beat West Ham, Brentford to beat Sheffield United, Liverpool to beat Palace, and Spurs to beat Newcastle at fifteen. Um, Fulham to beat West Ham. I know it's it's kind of bad to bet on your own team. I feel like it's only gonna it's just gonna be a kiss of death, isn't it? But they're on a strong run, back to back wins, and I feel like they'll be buoyed by a massive five nil drubbing of Forest. And and I feel like those quality signings like Iwobi and Jimenez are finally kicking into gear. Um, you know, I think they'll be oozing confidence going into this one. Um Brentford, they still possess um quality last night um and I just think against Sheffield United that will um really give them the upper hand my only worry is that Embrumo may be injured but they still have you know Johan Wissa um Neil Malpe and Kevin Charter to call on for goals um so I've gone for Brentford in that one Liverpool just their record you know no losses in the last five across all competitions and the, if you look at the head-to-heads with Palace, they haven't beaten Palace haven't beaten the Reds since you have to go back to the 2016-17 season. So that massively helped my decision. Um, Tottenham to beat Newcastle. This was a tough one to call, but I like what I see with Andy Postecoglou Spurs. You know, I just feel like, despite having a massive injury list, being hampered with a lot of injuries, the, the football they're playing, I can't. I know Freddie will say it through gritted teeth as well, but they are playing nice football, and I just think, yeah, they could edge this one. Perfect. And Freddie, what have you got, mate? 
So I have gone Liverpool to beat Palace, Brighton to beat Burnley, Man U to beat Bournemouth and Chelsea to beat Everton at 7.8. Liverpool, some would say, never back the early kickoff, but I'm breaking <laughs> that rule today because... I think we all are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, Palace are looking very one-dimensional, especially with um, Noeze as well hmm. because of his ankle injury. They've got two wins in the last nine. Liverpool will be trying to put the pressure on Arsenal we're playing later that yeah. day. Liverpool can go top if Arsenal draw or lose. So, uh, yeah, they'll be well up for this one. Brighton, despite all their injuries, and there, there really is an unreal amount of injuries with Brighton, like, especially in defence as well. Uh, they're still getting results, mm. not all wins, but obviously they got a great win against Brentford last night. Uh, and Burnley just look in trouble. Obviously, they got the 5-0 win against Sheffield United, but then lose to Wolves. Uh, so... I think Brighton will be too strong for them. Man U, I think they look good against Chelsea. Mm-hmm. I, there's been a lot of talk that they're not playing for Ten Hag and whatnot, but you, you drop Rashford and it, maybe he's the problem. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Some of the players are. Um, and they're only three points behind City. So they're, they're not too bad. And they've actually got pretty decent form in the league this year. So forget about the Champions League because they have awful form in that. But... Bournemouth have somewhat struggled, even though they are in good form. They've struggled against the kind of so-called big six. Liverpool, Spurs, Arsenal, City have all beaten them pretty comprehensively. So I think Man U will get the result at Old Trafford against them and bring that good run to an end. And then Chelsea, God, it's, it's hard to predict Chelsea <laughs> yeah. sometimes because they, a different team does just turn up each week. But I think if the right Chelsea turns up, this week against Everton at Goodison, they will beat them. And with the odds at 2.2, that's why I had to take it. To yeah. start. I like those odds for Chelsea at Everton. Okay, so I've gone Man City to beat Luton. I think, uh, yeah, they, I mean, they're four games without a win. They're not going to go five. Rodri will be back. Um, I think it'll be a tight game. Like as our, Every team struggled there because yeah. of the nature of the pitch. is so tight. But with Rodri and Stones back in, they should be fine. Um Wolves to beat Forest. I mean, I've, I really feel for Forest. They've really sort of they've had some injury problems as well, the same as so many teams. But um, just one win in their last sort of uh, ten or eleven, I think it is. Um, and uh, particularly after last night's five nil loss. But I re- I'd really like to see, see Steve Cooper stay. Mm. Like he's done such good things for that club. I really hope that. Um, he doesn't get sacked. I mean, but I do think this game is going to be tricky. Wolves have a fantastic home record. They've been really good at home this year. They beat Spurs, they beat Burnley, and they drew with Villa and Newcastle in recent weeks. So they're they're doing really well. Um, Liverpool to beat Palace. Again, I, I'm not going to elaborate on that because you two have both sort of gone into that. And then I've gone Bournemouth um, to beat Man United. Now, this is a big one, a big call. Bournemouth, I've been really impressed with them. And not just because they drew with Villa uh, the last weekend. Yeah. They've been really good. And I think this United team, like, they are starting to come together. But I also think that there's enough, like, sort of variance in them that they could just mess this up this weekend. And yeah. their home record has been pretty poor. Like, they've lost three of their eight games at home so far this year. So it's not like... Uh, we we were used to seeing sort of over the last sort of five ten years where they'd be poor away from home, but at Old Trafford they normally get the job done, yeah. um, and if a couple of those they've scraped through, particularly Forest and Wolves. So, yeah, City to beat Luton, Wolves to beat Forest, Liverpool to beat Palace, and Bournemouth to beat Man United is at nineteen point five. Moving on to the EFL now, we love the EFL. It's incredibly unpredictable. Um, so that, that's me getting in my excuse early on. <laughs> Izzy, um, what, what have you got? Yeah, um, the EFL is so exciting, isn't it? I've gone with Leeds to beat Blackburn, Shrewsbury to beat Wickham, 
and Barrow to beat Gillingham. And that's at 13. Um, start off with Leeds. They're on a red hot run, you know, showing that quality still that just a bit above the championship. Um, only one loss in their last 10 across all competitions. So I, I feel like that kind of speaks for itself. That, In fairness, when I was looking at the head to head, that it has been close between Leeds and Blackburn over the years. But I just think they're kind of upper gear this season. Um, going on to Shrewsbury, on a, on a solid run, unbeaten in their last three. But if you look at Wickham, they're seriously struggling struggling in the league. I think their last league win came back in October 7th. On October 7th. Um, and so that sort of speaks for itself. They've just really not been what people have expected them to be this season. And then Barrow to beat Gillingham. Um, Gillingham didn't beat them last season. And you have to kind of go back to the 70s to find any, any previous records between the two sides. But um, Barrow just looking quality this season, five points behind Stockport County in first place, um, really pushing for promotion and just, yeah, massively informing the league. Haven't lost in over a few months. So really looking forward to watching that one, to be fair. Go on then, Freddie. What have you got, mate? I have gone Norwich to beat Preston, Exeter to beat Port Vale and Wrexham to beat Forest Green at 7.6 on SBK. So Norwich, I backed them last week and they were the only one that I got correct in the EFL. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to back them again this week. Uh, they, they beat Bristol City away last week, so a good, really good mm. result for them, last minute winner. Preston, I got wrong last week as they <laughs> lost at home to 22nd place QPR. They're in a really bad run of form. They've now lost three in a row. Norwich have won three of their last four. Um, they're rallying after a horrible run of form, Norwich, where they only won two and 11. So I think Norwich um, are going to continue that good form. Exeter, it's... Uh, Exeter against Port Vale, 19th place versus 20th place. Exeter haven't won in the league since the 16th of September. And funnily enough, neither have Port Vale. They also last won on the 16th of September. So it's been a troublesome few months for both sets of fans. Uh, last nine meetings between the two, Exeter have won five times and Port Vale have won four times. So I'm going to back the home team on this one, Exeter, to win kind of the six-pointer at the bottom of the table and uh, and their winless run. And they also beat Port Vale 4-0 at home last year. So that's okay. why I'm going to go for that. And then Wrexham, it's second versus 23rd. So that's kind of my reasoning for <laughs> yeah, that. <fair> yeah. <laughs> and what's that at, mate? That is at 7.6. Brilliant. So I've gone for Coventry to beat Birmingham. Or Blues. I don't like calling them Birmingham. Um, <laughs> Blackpool to beat Carlisle. And Notts County to beat Warsaw. And that pay, that is at 3.85. Now, Coventry haven't beaten Blue to beat Blues. Um, Blues haven't beaten Coventry in the league since 2011. And Rooney's Blues have been very, very poor. And I think slash hope that that will keep going. Um, it should be a tasty Midlands derby on a Friday night. Um, yeah, not sure the police would be overly happy about that being on a Friday night. But... <laughs> Um, and then Blackpool to beat Carlisle. Blackpool are eighth and beat top of the table Pompey 4-0 a couple of weeks ago. Um, Carlisle are down in the relegation zone and they haven't won since October. Um, also the 24th. So, yeah, a bit of a tricky one that. And, and Notts County to beat Warsaw. Notts County is sixth, um, which may look a little bit disappointing for some of their fans, but they're actually only one point off second. So they're still in, in and amongst it. Their joint highest goal scorers in the league with 42. And Warsaw haven't won in the league since the 14th of October. So hopefully Notts County get over the line in that one. Lastly, we're moving on to our goal scorer picks. Um, as previous listeners will know, we're not allowed to pick Haaland. Um, so Izzy, who are you going for? I feel like this is another kiss of death, but I've gone with Raul Jimenez. Okay. Um, <laughs> he's finally picking up form. This is this is Fulham West Ham he's playing in and and three goals in his last four games. One of them was Villa, if you remember, Alex. I do. Um, <laughs> um, 
one of one of those goals was even a back heel that he scored against Forest. So you can just tell he's kind of oozing confidence again. The quality's always been there. It's just about kind of um, tapping into it, which Marco Silva has done brilliantly. And if you look at West Ham, they haven't kept a clean sheet in the league in over two months. Um, that pays out a 3.2. Um, and yeah, fingers crossed for that one. <laughs> Go on, Freddie, mate. I have gone for Huang Hee Chan at 3.55. Eight goals in the Prem this season. Only Haaland, Son and Salah have scored more than him. Secured the three points of Wolves versus Burnley. He takes penalties and they're playing a very bruised uh, Nottingham Forest. So I think he's a good chance to get mm. a goal. And I've gone for Trent Alexander-Arnold after a long shot last week with Havertz. So I've not, I've not been deterred. I'm going for it again. Um, three goals in his last two games, and I fancy Liverpool to score plenty in this one. I think, you know, as we touched on, Palace look a bit sort of bit ropey in certain ways, and I think he'll sort of have more encouragement to step into midfield. Um, so I think, yeah, he'll definitely, um, he, he's definitely got a great chance of scoring, um, and just like his technical ability, any chance. And Liverpool, I saw some stat the other day; they're like shooting forty percent more shots from outside yeah. the box or something. Yeah. Uh, this year so uh, definitely and he's a massive part of that yeah. so um, that is everything for this week's episode thank you very much for listening we hope you found it both informative and entertaining we look forward to sort of getting all the results this weekend inevitably a West Ham 1-0 win over Fulham I think is either way we've been talking <laughs> um, the, usual, <laughs> the usual horse racing crew will be back later in the week to preview this weekend's action including Constitution Hill's much anticipated return to the track good luck over the weekend and remember that if you're a new customer you can get £30 in free bets with SBK when you place your first bet of £10 T and C's apply thank you